welcome in to another episode of the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, with you, Cody and Nick. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Thursday, September 23rd. We are without our friend Al again today. And let me tell you, it is a bummer that he's not here today, Nick. Oh, man. I mean, he's just not feeling it. You know, we... we thought maybe he was questionable coming into the day, but uh, no response all day. Uh, he was looking doubtful and then definitely out by about uh, 5 p.m. today. So, yeah, we're hoping we don't have to place him on IR. It would be a, a tough, a tough time for our listeners to know that Al has been placed on IR and definitely wants to avoid the pup list. Nobody yeah, was going to say we're going to put him on the physically unable to perform list here. Yeah, so it's uh, we're hoping Al makes a full recovery here. He's been sleeping quite a bit, so we've got a couple of takes of Al's that we'll kind of sprinkle into the show today, but definitely wanted to give a shout out to Al. I know he's probably listened to these podcasts thinking to himself, uh, I wish I was there to tell these idiots that they're wrong. I mean, hey, he always does, so he's with us. I can hear him telling us how wrong we are just in my head, so it's all good. <laughs> he lives in our head, rent-free. Uh, always <laughs> so yeah do you see any deer on the way in today nick on the way into the studio <laughs> yeah funny enough i mean i did see a deer thank god i didn't have to swerve and uh, injure myself avoiding it but hey you know yeah everson griffin last week I, we never did get to to that the in the earlier podcast episode this week uh obviously upset about the whole arizona beating minnesota it comes down to the kicker, the last play of the game, whatever you want to say, but we never did talk about how Everson Griffin wasn't a part of that game plan because he had swerved, missed a deer, the most Minnesotan thing that you can do, and got a concussion. So he was in concussion protocol all last week and didn't get to play. You know, I hope he called the DNR and uh, had him come check it out and and kept that deer. Go get it processed, man. There's there's still some good meat left on that thing. I think, it's, I think it said that he swerved to miss oh, you know, the deer. Oh, he missed the deer. He swerved he? to miss the deer. No, it's next, of, time, hit, next time hit it. He's a defensive end. He he has to make the move to get around, you know, to get around the offensive line. He's, he's not just going to go through a guy. I mean, well, he no, used but, to maybe earlier in his career, but now he's learned he has to go around them. So maybe maybe earlier in his career, he would have went right through that deer. But, you know, he, he saw a deer in the road and he swerved. He went around him, tried to get to the quarterback, you know? No one ever seen Griffin. He didn't swerve. He just punched the gas because he likes to, you know, jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Everson Griffin, maybe we can shed a little light on, on him as one of the reasons why we lost last week. Uh, speaking of ex-Vikings, we, we had talked about it, Daniel Carlson as well. Saw a little video on Twitter today for, from the Raiders Twitter account. Daniel Carlson beat himself in fantasy football this last week. Well, you know, if he wanted to win his fantasy matchup, he should have just kicked like he did for the Vikings. He'd had no problem. <laughs> you know, and to, to shed some light on this one, Daniel Carlson was talking in his interview about how he still plays fantasy football with his college buddies. It's a big thing that he likes to do. And he was playing against one of his college buddies this week who had Daniel Carlson as his kicker playing against the real Daniel Carlson. And he said it definitely contributed to his loss on the week. So even some of the players in the NFL are playing fantasy football. It's good to see draft yourself, man. You always got to draft yourself. 
yeah, it puts, put some pressure on yourself. That way, if you lose by one or two, especially if you're a kicker, that way, if you lose by a couple of points, it was on you. You could have told your, told your coach that you wanted, you wanted to go for that 62 yarder at halftime, not punt. Come on. Let's just kick a field goal. We're only up by three scores here. Let's just come on. 55 yarder. <laughs> there are people that, that like uh, fantasy football, including actually, let's go back to this. Austin Eckler started his own uh, podcast and is really into fantasy football from my understanding. At least that's uh that was kind of the message I got when he was on the fantasy footballers just a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, he's the next Maurice Jones drew man. I mean, come on. Loves fantasy football starts getting on podcasts. Always got to draft himself, man. I mean, I, I, for a while there, or maybe he still does. I, I don't have anymore. Maurice Jones drew used to have his own serious XM fantasy show. Yeah. And you know, good for these guys because many of the NFL players that leave the league, obviously struggle to find other alternative work and jobs. Not everybody plays until they're 44, like Tom Brady. So people are leaving the league earlier on and, uh, you know, especially running backs. I mean, m- many of the running backs are out of the league by the time they're in their early thirties and they have to find something to do with the rest of their life. If, uh, if they're not saving all that money, they're going to have to try to do some extra work. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it like Maurice Jones, Drew, or you know, whoever it may be, Austin Eckler, and you're into that kind of stuff, you know, fantasy football industry is huge. And so, you know, so is commentating. You see Drew Brees, you see uh, Greg, Greg Olson, a couple of these players that immediately jump right into the commentating side and the, the analysis and being on, on TV and being uh, publicly broadcasted. But that's not for everybody either. So people like Austin Eckler, I think, found, his, found himself a gig for after he's done playing here. Kind of like Pat McAfee too, right? Well, I mean, Pat McAfee's done a whole bunch of stuff. I believe he's uh, currently works for the WWE as a commentator on SmackDown. Yes. And if you, if you haven't actually watched, which I don't watch wrestling anymore. I did when I was a kid. Uh, And it's still, you know, obviously for adults, there's, there are adults out there that, that love watching wrestling, but that love watching wrestling. I, uh, I don't know. He, he brings a special element to, to wrestling. I will say that I've watched a couple of just small clips where he, uh, he gets up out of his, his chair and he'll even like do the whatever celebration with one of the, the people that, that, uh, win the match or whatever, but it's fun watching Pat McAfee. He's so full of energy. He's, you know what? He's forever. My uh, favorite punter in the NFL. I, I remember him kicking the ball off. I, I, th- I want to say it was against Atlanta. Uh, when he was, when he was with the giants and the, the guy busted through the, the first, uh, set of coverage and he's coming in and McAfee literally grabbed the returner. It looked like he picked him up and power bombed the guy. Like he was a Jack dude is a Jack dude. (laughs) He's a physical specimen. You look at him like, what does this guy play? You know, he looks like DK Metcalf. Well, maybe not quite, but, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, he's a punter. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Best tackler on the on the uh, special teams, but he's the puncher. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into it, Nick. We have some start sets. Great questions that came in over the last week. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, can you fantasy football and uh, submit your questions for next week's show. We had many questions come in and have many to share with you today. We had a little mix up on Facebook. Not sure what happened there. I know 
some people had submitted on Facebook and we weren't able to pull some of those start sick questions. So Instagram has been easy to work with. We'll troubleshoot what's happening on Facebook there and we'll make sure that that is working next week. Yeah. I mean, send them in as, you know, er as early as you can. We love to get them. Um, even after the show here, if you have any questions tomorrow or Saturday, send them in and we'll do our best to, you know, message you, get back to you, reply to the post, whatever, and just, you know, give you our thoughts on it or just give you, you know, what we think on that start sick question. Yeah. So let's get, let's get right into it. We have quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, or a positional player in your super flex. Some of you are probably wondering who on earth would start Zach Wilson or Jacoby Brissett, but I will tell you, in a super flex league, especially with the, the deeper, uh, the deeper rosters and, you know, you're looking at dynasty probably here, Zach Wilson, and Jacoby Brissett have the opportunity to put up in the double digit point realm. Whereas some of your positional players that you're not talking Debo Samuel and David Montgomery, who we'll talk about as a flex later in, uh, this start set, you're not talking those kind kinds of flex here. Uh, flex pl positions for your positional player. So these are deeper players. You might be looking at someone like KJ Osborne or Zach Wilson or Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I mean, you look at these at both Brissett and Wilson and you think, God, I would never start either one of those uh, as a super flex. I'll just start a receiver running back or tight end. But in these super flex leagues, I mean, a lot of them, you're starting three receivers already. A lot of them I'm in, you know, you're, you're starting two flexes. You're starting two running backs. You're starting a tight end. So, like you said, the guys, the positional players that you would have to start, you know, they're going to fight to put up double-digit points. And honestly, it's not a stretch for Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Brissett or Zach Wilson to put up 15, 20 points. And that is probably, I don't I'd say 85, 90% of the time going to outscore whatever positional player you have left after filling all your starting slots. So with that question, I would definitely start one of those two Wilson or Brissett uh, over the positional player. Now, which one to start? That's a, that, that is a tough question. I mean, neither of them have a, a very good matchup. Brissett's playing against Vegas and Wilson is playing at Denver. So both of both defenses have started off the season. Well, Wilson's coming off that horrific game last week with four interceptions. Brissett is Brissett. Honestly, if I had to pick between these two, I'm going Zach Wilson just because I think he is the better talent. Um, but it's honestly, for me, a coin flip between those two on which one to start. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, I had actually just mentioned that could you play KJ Osborne over those players, but the reality is, is KJ Osborne, even in a half PPR, I think this week, if he doesn't get that touchdown, which he has gotten, he got last week, which, which really propelled him into a, a top tier, a wide receiver on the week. I think he, he finished as thir thir 13th wide receiver on the week. If, if I stand corrected on, on that one, Nick, we can double check that, but, uh, I still think that he scores less than seven, eight fantasy points this week. So I would probably roll out a quarterback if you're in that position and flip a coin, Zach Wilson or beef brisket. All right. We're uh, moving on to our, our next quarterback 
let's see, Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones? <laughs> this is another tight one. I actually have this same. I have these two as well as Jalen Hurts in, in a super flex league. So I've got to start two of the three. Uh, I've got Hurts locked into my lineup, and I've been going back and forth all week b- between Daniel Jones and Cousins. Um, I love how Daniel Jones has started off the season. He's been running the ball, which has really, really helped him jump up uh, as far as pa- fantasy points go. He's got a great matchup against Atlanta, which I really like. And then Cousins. Cousins has been solid. Uh, <laughs> for him, he ran the ball last week. Yeah, like 32 yards or 39 yards, which is huge for Kirk Cousins. Uh, don't expect that again. Uh, Cousins is playing versus Seattle at home, so not quite as good a matchup. I'm going Daniel Jones on this one. I like his matchup, and I like how he's been using his legs so far this year. Yeah, there are actually going to be very few weeks where I'm starting Kirk Cousins over Daniel Jones at this point, especially with what we've seen so far with his rushing ability. I listed off earlier this week the top 12 performances from the quarterback position, and many of those names were rushing quarterbacks, Nick, that uh, they didn't, you know, Justin Herbert, I get it. Like he, he can rush the ball as well, but he's more of a pocket passer. And some of those names who put up some pretty decent, uh, total, total, uh, stats on the week for yardage and, and even a touchdown scored much fewer fantasy points. So we're talking fantasy football here, not uh, real football. And I know the giants and Daniel Jones, and there's a lot of controversy if he's the future of their franchise. He's a great fantasy asset. I mean, he rushes the ball and he's going to get the job done with his legs most of the time. And he gets a juicy matchup at home against a very vulnerable Atlanta defense. So I'm going to take that over Kirk Cousins against Seattle this week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got if you're not certain Daniel Jones this week, when are you going to start him? I mean, he's playing great and he has a great matchup. So I'm rolling him for sure. All right, we'll jump into some running backs here. Tony Pollard had a great week last week, Nick. You had mentioned that both Pollard and Zeke ended up inside the top 10. Uh, Pollard outperformed Zeke by a couple, you know, a few fantasy points. I think it was, uh, was it four fantasy points was the difference between the two on the, on the week. Let's talk a little bit about not jumping too far ahead here and starting someone like Pollard over the uh, bell cow Zeke. Yeah, uh, they both had pretty good weeks last week. Tony Pollard in a half-point PPR league ended ended up as the number four running back, and Zeke ended up as the number eight running back. Um, I'm still not panicking, though. I know Pollard looked really good last week, I and I said it earlier this week on our show. I think he's going to start eating into some of Zeke's work. I think his carries are going to start to increase. They're going to start using him more but I think Zeke is still the starting running back in that offense. And between the two, I'm still starting Zeke. I actually have the two of them on a team and I'm starting Zeke this week. Awesome. Yeah. I'm starting Zeke as well. Uh, It it does pose the question though. And and maybe some people are like, well, why, why would you even choose between the two? I mean, you have to remember that some people are new to fantasy as well. And there are going to be the, the more uh, experienced players that are going to, step in here the more experienced managers are going to say yeah absolutely you got to start zeke i mean it's a no-brainer but people are wondering if they should flex pollard in some of their leagues like zeke aside let's look at pollard i'm interested in knowing as as far as who you would start over pollard nick would you would you want to go through a, a couple of those with me 
Yeah, I mean, Pollard is a guy that you can flex on pretty much any... He's like uh, like a James White, you know? James White is not the bell call running back in New England. Not that, you know, you ever know who is, but Damon Harris is their quote-unquote starter. Uh, but people still flex or or start James White every week. And I think Tony Pollard's honestly turning into that kind of running back for me. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's plenty of guys uh, that you could start Tony Pollard over. Go ahead, and we can uh, we can go through some of those right now. Let's do it. Uh, would you start Tony Pollard over Michael Carter? Yes. Would you start him over Ronald Jones? Yes. Kenneth Gainwell? Yes. J.D. McKissick, who had a big week last week through the air. He did. Um, I mean, this one's tougher, but I think I would still start Pollard on that one. I think he's guaranteed more volume on any given week, though. McKissick gets Buffalo this week in Buffalo. He's against Buffalo. Now, Antonio Gibson was banged up earlier this week. I think he's going to play. But if something were to come out where he didn't play on Sunday, I would 100% start McKissick. If Gibson's good to go, though, I would start Tony Pollard there. Here's one of those situations. Speaking of injured backs, uh, Daryl Henderson still not practicing as far as what uh, the most recent reports that I have read. So Sony Michelle will start this week if if Henderson is out. So if he's out, Michelle is in as as the running back against Tampa Bay. Are you starting Pollard or Sony Michelle? If Daryl Henderson is out. I would start Sony Michelle because he is going to be the Belco running back. They don't have anyone else that's going to steal carries from him. And now, and I don't think that they're going to get way down to Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think Sony Michelle have multiple chances to punch in touchdowns. Um, and while I love Tony Pollard, I just think Michelle would be guaranteed more, more volume and have a better chance to, to put up those points. I am going to go Pollard in that situation, even if Sony Michelle is the starting running back this week. I think he has a really tough matchup against Tampa Bay. I mean, you have to remember that they held uh, both the Dallas Cowboy running backs in check, both Pollard and Zeke in week one. So they are a really good rushing defense. That Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I think either of them would make good flex uh, plays if Henderson, assuming Henderson's out. Uh, or if you have to throw them into an RB2 slot because you got injuries or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't blame you at all for going Pollard there. Okay, and then since we haven't found somebody, well, you found somebody that you would think about. Let me hit up hit up just a couple more names. Mike Davis. I would I would go Mike Davis still over Pollard. It's tough. Javante Williams. But, uh, I would go Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon. I would go Melvin Gordon still, but uh, yeah, okay. I don't like that Denver situation either, but I think we found our cutoff though. This is, that's yeah. the cutoff for where you'd, you'd probably start Pollard uh, over some of these guys. So, or those guys over Pollard. So that's good. For, yeah. For me, Pollard is a mm, fringy flex candidate with a high ceiling. I like the big playability. So that's why I'd start him over someone like Sony Michelle with a tough matchup, even as yeah, a I mean, starter this week. And fair enough. I mean, he has an extremely high ceiling like we saw last week when he ended as the number four running back. And if you started him, probably one year league or one year matchup. Yes, but I'm not starting him. Let's not get crazy and carried away. I'm not starting him over any of these top 20 running backs. And Zeke is a top uh, 20 running back for sure. So I have 
Zeke listed here inside my top 12 this week. I think Zeke will finish inside the top 12. So definitely Zeke. Agre- not agree there. Okay. Uh, Mixon or Montgomery? Ooh, Mixon or Montgomery. This is another tight one. Mixon's on the road against Pittsburgh. Montgomery on the road against Cleveland. I am still going Joe Mixon, and maybe it's because I'm a little biased. I like both of these guys a lot. Coming into the year, I like both of them a lot. I think Mixon, I mean, it's tough. Neither of them have great matchups. They're both facing tough defenses. I think Mixon gets a little bit more involved in the pass game. And with Montgomery, we don't know how that game's going to go. Justin Fields is making his first start. It could be a catastrophe. Or he could be really good for Montgomery, but we don't know that. So I'm going Mixon between – picking between the two, I'm taking Mixon. I am also going Mixon this week. That's a tough decision for me, but I you could you could hear the confidence in my voice. Come yeah, on, I, man. I'm, I'm going to go Vic, you, Mixon this week, though. You love Mixon. You'd go Mixon over Walter Payton. But I love Montgomery. Like, I have Montgomery shares all over the board. That's true. Uh, other than J.K. Dobbins, those have got to be your two favorite running backs in the NFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They, they're up there. Although J.K. Dobbins might not be your favorite anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, yeah. to rub the salt in the wound. No, we're moving on. We're not talking about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, yeah, so actually Montgomery has a tough match. Both of them have tough matchups this week. So Montgomery or we're just going to do a, a flex call here. Montgomery or Debo PPR. Woo, Montgomery or Debo, man. I mean, in a PPR for me, though, I got to go Debo Samuel. I mean, I know they're facing Green Bay, although you know, Green Bay's defense didn't look that, especially in the first half. I mean, Jared Goff was putting up points against Green Bay's defense uh, with receivers like Quintez Cephas and no one else. I think Debo's going to get 12, 13 targets. I think he gets eight, nine catches, pushing on 100 yards, and he's always a threat for that big play. So I got to go Debo in that one. I think the volume's there for Debo, and I think he's one touchdown away from having another monster week. You know, last week, a lot of volume, didn't score, didn't get one in the end zone, but uh, you get a touchdown from him this week, and I think he does outperform Montgomery in a PPR league. It's tough to say, though. I do have, I will say this, Montgomery and Mixon, both inside my top 20 running backs for this week, so it's not like, you know, they're ranked much lower just because they have tough matchups. I think they're still going to be relevant. But I think this particular question was really good. This one came in from Jace. Hey, Jace, what's up, man? Hope you're doing well. Uh, next one, we have Claypool or Rondell Moore. Ooh, now that's a tough one. Um, it, you know, Deontay Johnson's banged up. You know, he's got knee issues. We we He's questionable right now. We don't know if he's going to play. Uh, honestly, that goes a long way in, in, you know, in how I go here. Rondell Moore has looked so good to start the season. I mean, obviously as Vikings fans, we had the deal with that last week and, and it was awful. I mean, he burned them all over the field. If Deontay Johnson doesn't play, I think I'm going, I'm, I'm definitely going Claypool against Cincinnati. I think that's a very good matchup. Now, if Deontay Johnson does play, I kind of want to roll with Rondale Moore, man, and, and keep that hot hand. They're playing Jacksonville. Great matchup. Kyler Murray has seemingly developed a great chemistry with them. So 
to sum it up here, I'll go Claypool if Deontay Johnson doesn't play, you know, less miles to feed, and Rondale Moore if Deontay Johnson does play. Yeah, I like that. I actually like the the situational answer to that, and I agree with that. I mean, it, it is tough. Either one of them are good plays this week. You know, they both have good matchups. Uh, but we talked about it last week for Claypool, Juju, and Deontay Johnson. When you have three really good receivers in one offense, and Ben Roethlisberger is not like Ben Roethlisberger from 10 years ago. I mean, he's looking old. He's not looking great. It just, you know, it's a lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, Kyler Murray looks like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I'm not saying he is, but he, so far he's he's just looked so good that I think Rondale Moore is a great play. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, but obviously, you know, we we gave you our thoughts. So, all right, Cody, you've asked me enough questions. Let me ask you a couple here. Sound good? All right. All right. I, I got a good one for you. I got a good running back one for you. And coming into the season, there is no way you would ever guess you were getting this, especially in week three. How about Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Tyson Williams? Well, I, I was really big on CEH coming into this season. Um, I thought they were going to utilize him a lot more in the passing game, which would have really improved his uh, fantasy output in the first two weeks and really started, uh, started you off on the right foot this year. But uh, Clyde gets the Chargers this week at home. Tyson Williams is on the road, but gets Detroit, which just let Aaron Jones explode all over the field. And, you know, Detroit definitely has the weaker defense of the two chargers don't have that terrible of a defense. Uh, It's tough for me. I know CH, if he gets involved in the passing game, he'll be okay. He'll be a startable running back this week, but I actually have both of these running backs inside my top 20 as well. I'm going to go with Tyson Williams. I like that matchup in Detroit. And come on here, hating on the motor city kitties over there. I already apologize. I already apologize to all the lions fans in our last episode, especially for Dan Campbell's shenanigans. You're correct. You're correct. Tyson Williams has a lot better matchup. If I got to pick between the two, I'm going Tyson Williams too. And it's honestly because I think Baltimore is going to get up early in that game. I think they're going to run the ball for the majority of the second half. And I think Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray will both have good weeks this week. But Tyson Williams looks a heck of a lot better than Latavius Murray. And fingers crossed for fantasy players that they start to use him like it. I mean, come on. He's a better running back. Let's let's run him. Give him the volume here. Yeah, I, I think, you know, with the longer season, you're going to see a lot more involvement from a second and a third running back on most teams. You're not going to see that three down running back. But CEH is definitely one of those players and very, one of very few players that is still a, a bell call in that offense. And he's going to get work. I just hope that a lot of that work translates into the passing game and also on uh, in the end zone because he didn't score many touchdowns last year. And that was kind of the scare for people to draft him this year. That's why he was sliding down the draft boards. But, you know, like I said, I liked him coming into the season because I thought he was somewhat of a value. Most people are getting him in the third round, fourth round. And for somebody who could perform as a top 12 running back with that kind of volume that was projected, you know, I thought that he, he could have had a good season this year, but we'll see this week will be the big teller for me. It's uh, 
the first two weeks you kind of look at it and cringe a little bit. And then it's that third week that really shows you if this is going to be a pattern or not. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I got another interesting running back one here. Um, well, can we, can we call Cordero Patterson a running back? You I mean, can, because he <laughs> is. So for those who don't know, Cordero Patterson is listed as a running back or a wide receiver. So he, he can be yep. slotted into your running back position or wide receiver position in Yahoo and in sleeper. And I believe ESPN has the same as well. Um, but don't quote me on that. So anyways, Cody, interesting one here. And uh, <laughs> it's a tough one for me, but uh, Mike, how about Mike David, Mike Davis, excuse me, or Cordell Patterson this week? Well, I'll, I'll just start with a stat line from last week. So Atlanta had Tampa Bay, which I had just mentioned just a little bit earlier that Tampa Bay has one of the better rush defenses in the league. So not a lot of volume on the ground in this game. So you didn't get to see how that split really was going to work out. They played from behind the entire game. So you just don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, you, you look at the receptions and even the receptions, Mike Davis had seven receptions. Did you know that, Nick? Yeah, I mean, everyone talked about Patterson because he had the two touchdowns, but you take those away and Davis had a much, much better day. Yeah, I mean, Davis had nine carries on the ground for 38 yards. Cordero Patterson, seven carries for 11 yards. So very inefficient running game for Cordero Patterson. I don't think they're going to lean on him in the, the running game if that's what they're going, if that's what their game plan is and they're not having to play from behind the entire game. I had already mentioned they get the Giants this week. And the Giants defense have been a little bit more uh, stout this year for rushing defenses though, Nick. So it, it just depends how they come out. And if uh, Matt Ryan gets on the board right away and scores a, a few through the air, you might see a little bit more of Mike Davis, but Mike Davis had seven receptions from his seven targets for 25 yards, very inefficient catcher, but a good, you know, a good runner. And then you have Cordero Patterson who had five receptions of his seven targets for 58 yards and a touchdown there. So Cordero Patterson scored one on the ground with his 11 yards on seven carries and one through the air with 58 yards on his five receptions. So I think you're chasing touchdowns with Patterson and I think you're going to get a little bit more volume with Davis, even though that's not, you know, it's almost neck and neck this last week. It's not what you saw. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would go Mike Davis on this one. Cordell Patterson had a great week last week. I mean, if you flexed him or if you threw him in there because you, you needed a, a body to fill a slot, good on you. He did great for you. But prove it to me that you can do this again because we've seen Patterson have big weeks before and then put up a, a goose egg the next week. Mike Davis obviously proved last week that he gets involved in the passing game. I mean, he had seven catches. You look what he did last year for Carolina. He caught a ton of passes when he was when he was there starting running back, filling in for McCaffrey. So it's not like they're going to just pull him out if they get down. So I'm, I'm going Mike Davis on that one too. So moving on here, uh, how about we do a couple receiver ones here? We got a, we, we got an interesting one, two good receivers, Allen Robinson or Robert Woods this week, Cody. Yeah, this one came in from Instagram and uh, I, I really like this question. Allen Robinson 
gets rookie Justin Fields this week. So that has been officially announced. Justin Fields will start for the Bears, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to see what this Bears offense is going to look like. In fact, we had just talked about David Montgomery. I think if he has a big week this week, Nick, it's going to be a lot uh, due in part two, a big part to Justin Fields' legs, and they're going to have to choose on those read options. Am I going to stop David Montgomery? Am I going to stick with uh, Justin Fields, who can get it done on the ground? So I'm excited for this week. What do you think about the Bears, just in general, before I answer this question? I mean, I, I'm really excited to see what Justin Fields can do. We knew exactly what we were going to get from Andy Dalton, and that's what we got. Now, I, I think Fields is going to make rookie mistakes. I mean, he might throw a bad interception or he might put the ball on the ground, but he's got a, a great arm. He's got he's a, a great running quarterback. I think he's going to add a whole nother dimension to that offense and, and really push them up. Uh, and hopefully that translate to to his receivers, to Mooney, to Allen Robinson and, you know, and to, to Montgomery as his running back. I hope it helps all of their fantasy outlooks. So. I'm really excited to see what Justin Fields can do this week. I am as well. And I'm looking at Robert Woods this, this season. So a lot of people have Robert Woods and they drafted him right around the same place as people are drafting Cooper cup. In fact, they were going back to back in many of the drafts this year. And uh, I think they actually did the previous year, which is interesting. Interestingly enough that uh, panned out the same last year. Now, Robert Woods put up, uh, three three receptions on four targets for 27 yards and a touchdown that salvaged his first week uh, against Chicago. And then you have Indianapolis in his second week where he went five for nine for 64 yards, no touchdowns. But he was, you know, 12.8 yards per catch. You know, he's he's targeted nine times in this game. They get a tough Tampa Bay defense, but Tampa Bay actually isn't, too uh impressive on their with their secondary this year they're letting up uh, some positive points to the uh to the wide receivers in fact anybody who has a big game against tampa bay is the wide receiver position it's not the running back so um he's a good play this week i'm not sitting robert woods i think i'm gonna play him if if i'm not deciding between these two players but in this case i am excited to see what fields has even though they are in cleveland uh, against a much tougher Cleveland secondary, in my opinion, than Robert Woods has to face in Tampa Bay. I'm going to lean Allen Robinson. Yeah, give me Allen Robinson, man. I I think uh, I think Allen Robinson is going to have a, a bounce, but he had a real disappointing week too. I mean, he salvaged his day with a with a touchdown, but two catches. That is that is not an Allen Robinson day. And you know, we talked about it. We've talked about it for two weeks now. Andy Dalton throwing behind Allen Robinson. God, look at how open he was, and he can't hit him. So I'm really hoping Fields comes in and, and helps Allen Robinson out there. Um, and, you know, I know you talked about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup uh, getting drafted close to each other, and that was definitely true. In most rankings, they were like two or three spots apart. I guess these people didn't know that uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup were actually breakfast buddies. I heard that this morning while listening to, you know, some some other podcasts. So just some info there. I, I think that's why Cooper cups done so well. You know, they, they talk it over at breakfast and, and really get their game plan going. I think, I think Bobby Woods is the kind of guy that sits in with, with his big French doors with his coffee mug in the morning and he just looks angry and he's just sitting there sipping his coffee. So he doesn't want to eat breakfast with anybody else. Nobody else wants to eat breakfast with him and it's hurting his fantasy value. He's not, he's obviously not performing the same as Cooper cup who 
probably has a wonderful breakfast. Can you imagine? They probably sit there and they they throw some eggs on the blackstone and they they are they're throwing up the uh, the toast and oh what a what a day for uh, Stafford and Cup while Robert Woods stands in his French doors with his coffee mug smirk on and, his face and, and look at what it's done to his fantasy outlook. I mean Cooper Cup is like wide receiver one now. <laughs> So. He, he has had a good start to the season. I will put uh, point this out that Allen Robinson has had a tough start. He had 11 targets in the first week, so didn't score a touchdown, only put up 35 yards and six catches from those 11 targets. Those were from Andy Dalton. Then you go into week two, and he scores a touchdown right away in this one, and everybody's all excited. He only ended up with two catches on four targets for 24 yards. He was in on 80% of the snaps. I don't know what the deal was with the bears this week. And I know that fields obviously came in from an injured Andy Dalton threw a bad pick at the end of the game, but I'm hoping for a bounce back here for Allen Robinson. I don't know if you've actually seen this Nick on Twitter. I I've seen the route trees that he's been running and it was disgusting. I don't even think he ran anything over five yards for a route in week one. I mean, come on fields has got a great arm. <laughs> Let him take some shots. I mean, you, you got but to you take got, shots. You got to get them downfield. You got to let Allen Robinson go somewhere. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Get him down the field and take some shots. You know what? And, and, and I'll say this too: buy low on Allen Robinson. If you can get him, if someone in your league is panicking and they're willing to jump ship on him for a lesser asset, jump on that. It's I think like he will he, finish as a top 12 wide receiver this year I, on, I on do, the year. I do too. And I'm, I'm fingers crossed that fields comes in, plays well and keeps the job because I know Matt Nagy said Andy Dalton is our quarterback, but if fields comes out this week and plays really well and they win, you can't sit him down. I mean, come on. Here's an interesting one for you. This is a, for a deeper league. Um, you know, you're going to hear these names and you're probably going to think, why are we talking about even starting these guys? Um, but if you're in like a, a you know, multi-flex, two-quarterback, you know, 12-14 team league, you might be considering flexing these guys or playing them uh, at one of your receiver positions. So how about Cedric Wilson or K.J. Osborne? So the third receiver for Dallas or the third receiver for your Minnesota Vikings, Cody? Wow, this much must be a really deep league. If we're talking about these guys, we're really digging down here and, and taking a look. Hey, they're one, they are one play away like Osborne last week. Yeah, you know, I it's tough to say. I think Cedric Wilson's gonna step into this Michael Gallup role. There's just so many mouths to feed in Dallas. There are less models to feed, in my opinion, in Minnesota than Dallas, even with Gallup. Oh, I mean, you're going to see work, a lot of work from Pollard in the passing game. Zeke's getting involved in the passing game. Cedric Wilson could have his big play. That makes him a better fantasy finisher this week. But I am leaning KJ Osborne in this deeper league. Yeah, I think I'd go Osborne as well. Uh, like you said, I think he has uh, an easier path to targets. With Dallas, they have two tight ends that they use quite a bit where the Vikings, after Irv Smith went out, really haven't got a whole lot uh, of production from their tight ends. And the Vikings obviously have Delvin Cook catching passes, but Dallas has two running backs that Dak can use as, as safe valves. And, you know, I think they're going to run a lot of two running back sets, so they'll, they'll both be on the field at the same time. So I think K.J. Osborne just has more potential than Cedric Wilson, and if I have to choose between the two, I go Osborne as well. All right, and then we have one more wide receiver question for today, and this one 
comes from yours truly. So I'm asking for a friend, Nick. Darnell oh, Mooney. All right, let's go. Darnell Mooney or Corey Davis? Oof. You know, uh, I'm like the world's second most Darnell Mooney lover. Of course, Al's number one by, uh, you know, a landslide. Um, this is tough because I really do like Corey Davis. And if he had a better matchup or played better last week, I think I would go Corey Davis in a heartbeat. Um, but I really do not like that matchup uh, that the Jets have. Uh, it, you know what? I'm going Darnell Mooney on this one. And I, I, that's probably going to be unpopular as far as, as, as rankers go. If you Google rankings, I bet you most of them have Corey Davis, but for, for my money, I am going Darnell Mooney on this one. You know, what, which way are you leaning right now? I, I just, asked, I asked you for your expert opinion because I, I just know. told I'm, you, I just told you mine now, I'm tilting, now. Okay. Which way is your friend leaning? Do you want to know why I'm tilting? Because T Higgins and Deontay Johnson are both on my team and my wide receiver two position would be one of those two guys. Now I had DJ Moore go in tonight's Thursday night football game as my wide receiver one, my wide receiver two, like I said, would be Higgins or Deontay Johnson, both injury riddled right now. We don't know if they're going to start. In fact, we got news. The, the latest on T Higgins out of nowhere, in my opinion, is that he is on pace to sit on the bench this week, which was, would do nothing for my fantasy team. Of course, uh, I don't know what's happening with T Higgins at this time. And then we have Deontay Johnson, who everybody knows got injured on the last play of the game, uh, ran out the clock because he hurt his knee on the last play of that game. And if he's not able to go, I have to make this decision between Mooney or Corey Davis. And I think other people might be in the same boat. So I, I don't know. I'm tilting right now. I think I'll put Mooney in, but uh, I'm not going to show my cards to my opponent this week. I'm just going to let T Higgins stay there until he's officially out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's rough. You're basically losing two high end wide receiver twos that each week have wide receiver one potential. Uh, to injury and that T Higgins, that T Higgins news kind of came out of nowhere today. All of a sudden I, I was, I was at work and my phone went off and I saw that uh, T Higgins, according to the, the uh, Cincinnati beat writer was trending to towards not playing this week. I went, wait, what? Well, that's news to me. I mean, we knew Deontay Johnson had the knee injury. We knew that he was, huh, pretty iffy to play this week. So you must've been, you must've had Higgins in there and we're thinking, all right, well, we're good. We'll start Higgins. He's a volume guy. He gets plenty of, plenty of looks, but yeah, I mean, at least you got guys like Mooney and Corey Davis and you're not talking about guys like Cedric Wilson and, and KJ Osborne. So yeah, but I'm not, and it's not that <laughs> deep of a league, you know, it, and it's a 10 team league. This one is, I'm guessing that the one that came in from Instagram is a deeper league, but uh, yeah, it, it's just, Oh, I guess I'll uh, I'll ask to ask Al to, for the tiebreaker because I am leaning. I don't know. I think I am leaning. Me? I think I think I'm leaning Mooney in a way, but I am still thinking that come Sunday I will tilt and want to play Corey Davis. So I'll ask Al for his tiebreaking opinion. Al loves Darnell Mooney so much he'd probably pick him over Randy Moss. You're right. I'm, I mean seriously, <laughs> Al's been talking about Darnell Mooney for the last two years, and you know what? I will give it to him. Tarnell Mooney is a, a great looking young receiver, but he, he has started the season off. Well, actually, if you, if you look at some of uh, some of the, the big plays that he's had, they're not holding him like they are Allen Robinson to short routes. He's actually running routes in this offense. Um, 
Darnell Mooney targeted seven times in week one and eight times in week two. It hasn't scored a touchdown this year, so you're not seeing his name pop up all over the place. I'm telling you right now, though, folks, if he's on waiver wires, I'd scoop him up. Oh, and absolutely. Sp- speaking of waiver wires, let's let's just hit this one quick. I got one last question for tight ends, and I want to really dig in. We won't even spend any time here because we're going to talk about waiver wires. If you had Kittle and you wanted to pick somebody else up uh, off of waivers because Kittle had a slow start to the season, which some people have. They've gone to the waivers and said, forget it. I'm not starting Kittle in week week three. I can tell you right now that's a mistake. I think Kittle is going to bounce back. And I think it's going to begin this week. If they picked up Noel Fant, let's say they got him on waivers or uh, made a trade for him, whatever, which again, I think it's a mistake. But would you start Kittle or Fant this week? No, I'm starting Kittle this week. Okay, so I'm glad we're on the same page there. Now, let's listen into this part of it because I have mentioned a couple of times now in our previous episodes that you need to pay attention to who's being dropped on waivers. So waivers just ran. We talked about waivers and who we might look into this week for some of our waiver pickups. Obviously, one of the bigger ones was Rondell Moore, but people have to drop other good players to pick up players like Rondell Moore. Not all the time, but you always need to take a look after your waivers run to see who was dropped. In my shallow bench league, Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk were both dropped. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pointing that out right now that both of those players are worth a pickup and they're worth some fab. They're worth some free agent acquisition budget of yours to go and pick up some of those players if you have a bench that can support it. Now, I'm in my short league, my short bench. Uh, it, it was tough to pick up either of those, those two players with the, the players I had rostered. But I, I encourage you, take a look at your, at your uh, waivers. George Kittle, just saying, not in every league, thank goodness, but I've heard of leagues this year that have dropped players like George Kittle or Justin Herbert, these types of players, because they have slower starts to the year are being dropped for some of these hot start players to the year. And you need to take a look at who's available. Yeah. Every week, as soon as waivers run, or as soon as, as I see them, you know, if they run overnight, I'll look in the morning right away. Uh, in my school league after week one, it's a 12 team league. So it's, it's not super shallow. We only have seven man benches with one IR uh, spot, but Michael Pittman got dropped after week one. And I know we had a rough week one, but I went, Hey man, I got Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders was like my last round pick just uh, threw a dart thinking, Hey, if Josh Allen's firing the ball, like he did last year, maybe Sanders will be a, a flex. Well, Sanders didn't do much week one. And I'm like, man, you know what? I like Michael Pittman. I liked him going into the year. Love that potential. So I went in and picked up Michael Pittman and then boom, week two, he had a huge week. What do you have? Like eight catches for 123 yards. Now, if I'd have left him on waivers, everyone would have wanted him week three. You'd have to blow your whole fat budget. If you want to get him, or you'd have to use your number one waiver priority. It's like Cody said, when waivers run, Go in, see who got dropped because some owners, especially if you're in a shallow league or don't have those deep benches, some owners are going to panic. And after two, three weeks, and they're going to drop guys that they should never drop. And then come week four and five, when those guys start playing like you thought they were going to coming into the year, you're going to be real glad that you went and picked those guys up. So that's a great point, Cody. Yeah, and we we really have to pay attention to what's happening out there. We're going to try to give you the best advice for who to pick up on waivers. Sometimes the waivers will run before you hear that episode dropped, which we we do record Tuesday nights. So if your waivers run on Wednesday, like many of the leagues, 
you don't have time to listen to it because some of our episodes are being dropped throughout the night. They're being uploaded. And so you need to message us. If, you know, if you're interested in picking up a player on, on waivers, message us who you might drop. Message us who you might pick up. And then go back on Wednesday. Make sure you know who is available on waivers. Who are people dropping this week? And pick them up. One last thing, Nick. I would buy low on Kittle right now. And if I had Rob Gronkowski, like I said earlier this week, and we said that we'll talk about it today. If I had Rob Gronkowski, I'm going to see if there's a hungry owner out there that would trade George Kittle for Rob Gronkowski straight up and go from there. And, you know, you guys make fun of me for my my poor trades, but I think there might be a person out there that would accept this trade. And if there's not, there that's a good starting point because you might be able to get him for a wide receiver three and Rob Gronkowski. And I will say that Rob Gronkowski is playing. Gronk is playing in a really tough offense right now. That is going to have a lot of uh, a lot of people eating into his volume. And if he doesn't get his touchdowns on a week to week basis, Gronk's going to fall outside the top twelve rather quickly. Hey, okay, I won't make fun of that trade because I agree with you. I make fun of your other. That, that's like the most fair trade you'd ever offered. If I had George Kittle, I wouldn't accept it. Usually, you'd be like, dude. Carolina's defense has been Cody would be like, for example, he'd be like, man, I have Carolina's defense. They've been really good through two weeks. All, uh, oh man, uh, KJ Osborne and Carolina's defense for Allen Robinson. How about no? I have never okay. offered such a trade. And I, I am not going to say that you're you, the only person that's <laughs> ever said something outrageous like this. Like, I feel like anybody out there, in fact, I want to, let's just put a poll out there one of these weeks. I won't do it right now. But I, for everybody who's played with me in a league, and there are plenty of people out there, I play in plenty of leagues. I'm going to put it out there and you can send me what it's like to trade with me or at least talk about trade offers from me. We have plenty of listeners out there. So I'll put that out there soon. If anybody wants to chime in now, I'll save them and then I'll talk about them in, in a future show. I had one that came in, Nick. One last one here before we close today's episode. This came in from a text from Sodi. So shout out to Sodi. Uh, he has talked about Miles Sanders versus Elijah Moore and Tyson Williams. So deciding between the three, got to start one. He feels like he hasn't heard anybody really talk about Sanders. We haven't talked about Miles Sanders uh, hardly any in this show, and so we're not uh, we're not alone in that. No, we haven't talked about Sanders. And I coming into last year, I was I was huge on Miles Sanders. I had him on like. 60 80 percent of my teams I, I wasn't in any dynasty league so it was all redraft last year and and one key uh, keeper league and uh i had miles sanders on most of those teams and he ugh. was hyped um, he was hyped up <laughs> well, all off season before, he was hyped before up last season because they were saying he was going to be the bell call back he's going to be a three down back here's the problem i mean when they use him when they use well he was he was a little banged up at times last year too which didn't help but when Philadelphia uses him as the bell cow back and gives him those carries and uses him in the passing game, he's great. The problem is, is they just feel like they don't need to use him as the bell cow back. I don't understand it. Now they got a guy like Kenneth Gainwell, who is James Whiting, that team. He's stealing a lot of that passing game work, which I hate. I still like Miles Sanders. But for me, he's like an RB2 with a good matchup or an RB3 if he's got a, you know, middling to, to tough matchup. So 
Uh, what did you say the, the three options were? Is Tyson Williams, Miles Sanders, and Elijah Mitchell this week? Correct. Correct. Well, you know, that's tough for me. Eli- I, I, Elijah Mitchell is still pretty banged up. I mean, we, we don't even know yet that he's going to play. So there's that. I, I would eliminate Elijah Mitchell right away. For me, it's between Tyson Williams and Miles Sanders uh, if we need to pick one. I'm still going Tyson Williams here. Uh, it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I, I just love that matchup against Detroit. Um, and I just don't like how they use Miles Sanders in Philly. Also, I was talking about Kenneth Gainwell taking taking passing down work. Well, Philadelphia has a running quarterback. So they get down to the goal line. I mean, it's just like having a, a running back on a Cam Newton team. Jalen Hurts can punch that in, you know, in the red zone at any moment. And that really hurts, you know, Miles Sanders' touchdown uh, potential. So between those three, I would go Tyson Williams this week. I don't know. What do you what do you think on that one? It's it's a tough question. It's a really tough question. And I, I understand why he asked it. So thank you, Sodi, for submitting this one right before we close today's show. Uh, 15.3 fantasy points and a half PPR league in week one for his finish and then 6.4 last week. So he had 15 attempts, 74 yards on the ground, four receptions on five targets for 39 yards in week one. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. He had 13 attempts in week two, 55 yards on the ground, only one reception for four yards in week two against San Fran. That was a weird game. They get a game here in Dallas. I know every time that Philly plays Dallas, it's it's going to be a tight game. And uh, it's the NFC East matchup that everyone looks for. It's a big rivalry in, in the NFL. I, I wouldn't compare it quite like the border battle that we have up here for the Vikes and the Packers, but it's definitely up there for rivalries. So you're going to you're gonna see some uh, some good football. I'm thinking... I'm going to, I'm going to go Miles Sanders. I'm going to take a shot on him this week over Tyson Williams, over Mitchell. Uh, you had counted Mitchell out. That's, you know, if he's not healthy, but I, I do want to make a comment on Mitchell quick. He is seeing volume. I understand that he didn't score a touchdown last week. He had one called back. He only put up eight fantasy points for you. You spent a lot on him and, and waivers and fab or priority on him and waivers. Um, I'm considering playing him this week, Mitchell. It depends on the matchup, but if you'd like to submit your Mitchell questions over the weekend, we can answer those for you because we're not going to talk about them much today. Now, for reference, Mitchell did not practice today or Wednesday or today. So it is not looking great where Trey Sermon was at least a limited participant in practice. Elijah Mitchell has yet to practice this week. So for me, it's it's looking like he's trending downwards, but you never know. Keep an eye on the injury report because he could play and he could be a good start this week if he does. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today's show. Thank you for tuning in again for another week of the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, thank you for the support. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Send us those questions. We love to see them. We love to answer them. Uh, we will do our best if you send them uh, between now and Sunday to get an answer back to you. Uh, if you have any start sit questions or if you have a trade offer come in, we would love to help that. I mean, that's like our favorite thing is to talk about trades and what we do here. You know, if you have a dynasty trade question, we love those. So just send us any questions you get and we will uh, do our best to get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. And I think trades are going to be ramping up here next, next couple of weeks as we move into the season. So oh, look- I hope so. That's the best part of the fantasy year, man. Best part of the year. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Goodbye. Goodbye.